Well, hello there, my friends out in Heart and Hustle land. Welcome to another episode of Heart and Hustle. I am your transformational lifestyle coach, your magic maker, your movement motivator, your passion instigator, and all those things. I am Paulette Ristini, and I love bringing you uh, entrepreneurs, magic makers, healers, shifters, people who are creating change in the world, who are bringing fresh ideas um, to create a better space, a better place for each of us. And also um, people who are building their own businesses as entrepreneurs. And that's sometimes we get to talk about the heart of our business and the hustles of our business and how we got to where we are today. So today I get to bring you Lori Lewis is here from Portland, from snowy Portland, apparently. <laughs> of course, when you hear this, the snow is going to be gone because it'll be a couple weeks out. But uh, I know it's just crazy, crazy weather everywhere, but we still get to do this. And this is great. And Lori, welcome. I'm so it's, happy to meet you and have you here. It's so much fun to be with you. Oh, I appreciate your passion and your enthusiasm and your your desire to make magic. <laughs> I'm, yes. I'm aligned. Love I'm it. here for it. And and it's so great because Lori lives in Portland where I lived for 28 years. Now, how long have you been there? Well, I always say I just moved here, but it's actually now been six years. And I lived in New York City for 25 years and grew up in Colorado. So I've hit all the coasts and the middle and it's really fun being here now. And it is strange to say snowy Portland because it's normally rainy old Portland. <laughs> right, yeah. well, I lived in New York City before I moved to California, to San Francisco, before I moved to Portland. And now I'm in Southern California. So um, we have a little, we have a little it's, history there. <laughs> it's just great following our hearts and living an adventurous life and exploring and being open to, to life as it comes right at us. <laughs> oh, I love that so much. And you know, part of, uh, so much of how I live is out of curiosity. It's one of my cornerstones. Yeah. For sure. Exploration and adventure, right? A hundred percent. If if we are approaching life, our relationship with our bodies, how, you know, other people with a spirit of curiosity, then it's all just a discovery as opposed to a self-criticism or a trying to get it right and, you know, curiosity, bring it. <laughs> and you got to get out of the box. <laughs> That of is course, for you, sure. you're the only one who builds the box. So you can just knock those walls down. Bam. Mm. <laughs> Here we go. So, so Lori, intermittent fasting coach. Talk yes. To, talk to me. It is the most amazing thing every day. I love every person that I speak with. I love hearing what you're dealing with. And I love wherever there's any struggle, stress or strain, softening the, those edges. And when people think about intermittent fasting, first, I think they think it's a diet and it's not. Then they think, boy, does that sound like absolute torture? Why would I wanna do that? <laughs> and nothing could be farther from the truth. It's really counterintuitive. If, if you are a person out there who would like more energy, 
it's like, ah, the counterintuitive way to get more energy mm -hmm. is to eat later in an eating window and you get to say when it is. So I get to every day talk to amazing people around the world and, you know, Kuwait and New Zealand and I mean, it's just wow. amazing places. Yeah, uh, mostly women, but I have a lot of men as my clients also. Um, I love helping women navigate the hormonal chaos of mm -hmm. perimenopause and postmenopause and develop a delicious relationship with your body and realize that we can trust ourselves, we can trust our body. And for me, in coaching so thousands of people and including my own journey, my health journey and, and challenges through perimenopause and menopause, I've learned that if we establish a foundation of daily fasting and eating later in an eating window, feeling better is a hundred percent possible. Yeah. So that's what I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, I find so many people just take food for granted, mm. right? <laughs> food for granted with no, no awareness, no concept of, how to make it or what to eat or stuffing themselves with really fast foods or processed foods. I'm not a health coach, but I work a lot around the idea of food and cooking. I've had a restaurant and I'm vegan and, um, food is, I, I, I live to eat. <laughs> I'm with you. People think intermittent fasters must not enjoy food. It's like, oh my goodness, no, you should talk to more people who eat in an eating window because we're so feeling so well and energized and good during our fasting hours. I call them the healing hours, the hours of putting my body consciously in a repair state. Mm. And then it's so exciting to eat delicious, nutritious food. We become um, quite particular about the quality of the food because if you're having an eating window, you want to maximize the deliciousness and, and how satisfying and uh, that meal or those meals are in the eating window. And, um, I love that you owned a restaurant. <laughs> so, yeah, a crazy lifetime. Mm. <laughs> I'm a chameleon. I've done a lot of things. <laughs> but um, so talk to me about this eating window. Okay. So each person can decide for themselves when it is and how long it is. And so we can just, I just quickly outline how a person could start and discover that for themselves. So look at your day and decide right now, like, when do you like to finish your last meal? When do you like to finish dinner? And you can decide for yourself if that's 4.30 or 10.30, I don't care. People are like, well, when should it be? No, you get to say. So that's the time that today you'll close your eating window. It's you decide when you're gonna stop eating today. And whatever that time is, between that time and when you go to bed, you're not gonna have anything cross your lips, but plain unflavored water. So nothing in the water, no flavors, just plain unflavored, boring old water. <laughs> and some people have to deal with, what am I gonna do with myself if I'm not <laughs> grazing and eating all night? No, you wipe down the kitchen counter, you close that fridge, lights out, kitchen closed, eating window closed, and then you have to figure out what you're gonna do in the that's evening. That's like a beautiful yeah. ritual right there. Right, that's right, it is. 
It's a ritual, eating window closed. Then you go to bed and in the morning, you're gonna add 12 hours from when you closed it to when you'll open it, okay? So hopefully you're asleep for seven or eight hours of that 12 hour time frame. So if you closed your eating window at 6.30 p.m., then you can open it at 6.30 a.m. And it's been proven scientifically that if you are following a 12-12 schedule, 12 hour fasting and a 12 hour eating window, you are gonna extend your lifespan. So that's very motivating. Now, will you, if you have a 12 hour eating window, reach all of your health and weight goals? Mm, probably not, <laughs> but it's a really good place to start. And so then, so when I started, I, um, had suddenly gained 50 pounds in menopause. So I was lean and fit, running marathons, been a healthy eater for over 20 years. And suddenly I gained 50 pounds because of the hormonal challenges of perimenopause and menopause. And I tried for four and a half years to take that weight off and to feel better. You know, I was also handicapped with just pain head to toe and plantar fasciitis and brain fog and memory loss and depression and all of it. And nothing was making me feel better. And so I just, I found out about intermittent fasting quite surprisingly and started that very same day. It's been nearly six years okay. and I decided on the first day to, to try and make it till noon because I don't mind black coffee. So I, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, okay, I'm going to see if I can drink water, plain water and plain black coffee until noon and then have a meal. And I made it. I did it. <laughs> so some people just start right off that first day and wanting to go longer. And some people want to inch along a little more gradually. Huh? And um, so the eating window, you eat normally. What's that? You eat what you normally eat. We all eat differently. And so in the beginning, a person just wants to focus on that fast, that clean fasting hours and make it at least 12 hours, maybe a little longer if you want to, and then eat normally. And then over time, usually I felt better within three days. I, I, the brain fog cleared. I, I suddenly feeling for the first time in over four years, I felt more like myself, which was really exhilarating. And then after about two to three weeks, we reach what's called fat adaptation and the body naturally starts to tap into our own body fat for energy, which is what it's there for. <laughs> right, right. Yep. And, um, you know, you mentioned earlier the abundance of food and that there's just food around us all the time, which our ancestors did not have that experience. Evolutionarily, we are designed to go without food. We have, our bodies have learned to thrive in a fasted state because mostly human beings for all human history, there's a little food, there's some food, and then there's no food, and then there's food and there's no food. So um, we're not, <laughs> you have to work hard for it. So I always say, well, you know, now in our society, the minute you get a hunger pang or the minute you have a thought of food, you, you want to satisfy that and eat food instantly. And I'm like, no, 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 it's just an alert system. Our body is designed to remind you to not forget to eat or not forget to go find food, which you might find six hours from now or tomorrow, you know, if you are our ancestors. Right, 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 so we're wow. designed to thrive without food and heal in a fasted state. And I, I haven't even thought about it that way before. 
you know, I'm so conscious of food and eating and uh, being fit. And, and so um, I, mean, I love the awareness around food. Like I said, I love to eat and I love to cook and I love to know where my food comes from. And, you know, seasonal eating, if possible, of course, we live in this abundant society of an overconsumption and biggie size, everything. Yes. Uh, which is horrifying, horrifying to me. It's just mm -hmm. absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and um, so I love this idea. Um, and we actually do, for the most part, we do have that fasting because we sleep. That's but, right. But there's no consciousness of that 12 hour break. Right. That's right. Or like you said, what's available, I'm going to have popcorn or I'm going to eat some nuts or I'm still hungry. So I'm going to eat something else. And, you know, and bam, there's 50 pounds. <laughs> That's right. And when I coach people, we work a lot on food. You know, I said, when you're starting, just eat normally because we're going to focus on one thing, establishing your fasting, daily fasting foundation. But then the next most natural thing to start to address is food quality. And this miraculous thing happens, Paulette, we call it uh, appetite correction. It was coined by Dr. Bert Herring, which is our appetite, the appetite center in our brain, which gets our hunger and satiety hormones and so forth, starts communicate in that quiet that happens when you're fasting, that healing state, your body can start to communicate to you the food and nutrients it really wants. So it doesn't say I want, <laughs> right. And you can, we can listen when we're in that fasted state. I mean, there's a reason that fasting is part of all religious, spiritual meditation traditions, because it creates this clarity, this mm. discernment, this listening, this clear, quiet, where you can hear the still small voice. And um, so people start, you know, they don't hear the, the voice doesn't say something like get more vitamin B, it says, it says Brussels sprouts. And all of a sudden people are like, why am I craving Brussels sprouts? It's because your body wants those nutrients. And, um, oh, it's just such a beautiful. My body always screams at me, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, Brussels sprouts. I know. I love them. I love them too. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Okay. So, so that's all incredibly fascinating. I hope you guys out there listening are getting some really good insights from this. This is really good. So, Laura, you, you talked a little bit about your story, but tell us a little bit more about how you got to where you are right now and how it's been building this business. Oh, I absolutely love every minute of it. Um, as I, I, let me just, I just lost my train of thought. When I was in my late 20s, I suddenly had a thought, I think this Diet Coke might not be good for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually listened. I actually paid attention to that thought. And I thought, what would it be like to go through life like not, you know, people just order soda. I'm like, what if I became a person who didn't drink soda? Like it just kind of became my identity, not, you know, just part of me like, oh, I don't eat, you know, I, I don't eat that or I don't drink that. And so I cut out all sweetness. Meaning I, I just stopped the sugar and stopped chasing any sweetness. I, it, I don't think it actually serves people to decide to quit sugar and then replace it with a ton of other sweetness. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the best ways to break a sugar addiction is to 
to cut out sweetness in general, which is cause for a lot of mental, emotional anguish for people I know, but that was my journey. So I never wanted to be the food police. I never wanted to judge or tell other people what to eat. I just was, that was the beginning of my own personal discovery of what foods make me feel well, what foods serve me. And um, so I went to the Institute for integrated nutrition and got my health certification purely because it interested me and I never thought I would use it. And then perimenopause really shoved me down a very dark, challenging hole. And then when I, as I said, gained 50 pounds in menopause, people were like, wait, how, how did that happen to you? You're the healthiest person we know. And I'm like, I know it's, it's really, I knew it was hormonal, but I didn't know what to do about it. And, um, so when I started having such dramatic success with the intermittent fasting schedule, and by dramatic, I mean, the weight loss was quite slow and methodical. It took 15 months to lose 50 pounds. That's like a pound, pound and a half a week, but sometimes it came off more quickly and then sometimes more slowly. And, um, but by dramatic, I mean, I felt so much better so quickly. And people were like, what are you doing? And how does that work? And how do you do it? And so I started um, guiding people and a bunch of friends cornered me at a wedding and said, you have to teach us how to do this. And and um, they wanted me to, to lead a class. And I, it was October. And I said, okay, then we're starting right now and we'll do it through, you know, October, November, December. And they're like, we can't go on a diet over Christmas. And I'm like, it's not a diet. And it, so now I've just led my fifth annual holiday. I take people from Halloween treats through New Year's bubbly and we eat in an eating window and you get to enjoy, you know, gingerbread cookies and champagne and the thing, whatever you love. And you're eating in an eating window, feeling amazing. People feel in control and energized and proud of yourself. And it's not something that you stop and start and stop and start like a diet. It's like sleep. It's imperative. We put ourselves into a, a time of rest. Um, and it's just what we do every day is have an eating window. <laughs> Bodies need rest. <laughs> we do. I think of that Alice Cooper song. I don't know if I know. <laughs> Sorry, bodies need rest. I used to play it in my band years ago. So, but it's so true. And, you know, the thing, like what you said is your friends kind of cornered you and said, we need to know what you're doing because mm -hmm. there's this epidemic of unhealthy eating. Right. And... Biggie size, everything and everybody. And, you know, it's just, ah. The food is designed to keep us coming back for more. It's a business, right? It makes sense. We, the, the food companies like, we want more customers. And when oh more customers oh, to stay buying our products. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it, it's, it's completely logical. And the food is engineered to be hyper palatable extra, extra flavorful with the perfect, perfect crunch and creaminess to make us want more in the very appealing packaging. And then the really one of the terrible challenges is the amount of foods that they pretend are healthy that are not. 
<laughs> so I just love it when the a person who's fasting clean every day and eating in a kneading window starts to gradually awaken and have this incredible communion with your own body about what it needs and wants. And we lose interest in those ultra processed food and our body actually starts asking for oranges and broccoli and salmon and you know roasted sweet potatoes and actual <laughs> actual food you know one of the other things i did paula in the beginning was i don't know how i it just came to me i was like you know what these things that i'm gonna start to not eat anymore i'm gonna relate to it as not food mm -hmm. so I'm not going to demonize sugar or like look down on people who drink diet Dr. Pepper. I don't, you know, do, but for me, I decided there's food and not food. It's kind of with a hyphen in there, not food. And so it, it just doesn't even, con I don't even consider eating the things that I have deemed not food. <laughs> and one of the things I call not food are all these energy bars and mm. coffee creamer. And I, I observed with my clients after many, many years, energy bars actually make, well, they're ultra processed, no matter if they're called healthy. And um, they make people ravenously, most people ravenously hungry within an hour, and then you need more food. So, um, Interesting. Yes, I know. So just everybody, as you're establishing your daily fasting and your eating window, open that eating window with more and more actual food. Ooh, yeah, pure food. <laughs> yeah. Right. actual right. food. Not, not processed food. That's so good. Um, so what do you do for yourself daily? And not just around food, but around your your daily ritual practices of self-care or self-love. Mm. I love that question because I ask the same. I ask a lot of people, what do you do every day to take care good care of yourself? And mm -hmm. most people don't. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have over the last 10 years dramatically changed my bedtime to be earlier and earlier and earlier. Um, it's taken a, a huge effort. It's been very effortful. Um, my aura ring has helped a lot. It tracks, you know, all the health markers um, and oh, tracks okay. my deep sleep. It's it's called O-U-R-A. It's an aura ring. It's kind of ugly, but I prefer it to the wrist thing over the wrist thing. And um, so sleep, for I'm highly protective of my sleep and getting to bed early now because I know how much better I feel and the ring gives me the data. It actually shows me my health markers that when I go to sleep early for at least seven and a half hours for me, um, and if I eat earlier and close my eating window between two and three hours before bedtime, that I can see it in the data that my numbers are, my heart rate and my heart rate variability and my body temperature and all of it is is better. The other thing is I'm a meditator and um, I really support and encourage people in finding their own way each day to be quiet, whether that's sitting with your eyes closed or that's time in nature 
or that's journaling. We all uh, desperately need more quiet time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, of course. And that's what I, that's one of the first things I work with my clients on too, is that daily self-care and focusing inward because we're all we got. We are. This is it, right? That's right. And this body, depending on how old you are, you know, it is the house we are living in for, let's say, 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 more years. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, if this were, if, if we related to our body as a, a home with daily upkeep and an investment in, in maintenance um, and really loving it and caring for it, this is the house we're living in. I love that. I love that so much. It's so good. And it's true. It's so true. So um, yes, meditation, journaling. I love it. Are, are you running anymore? Are you doing any I'm not running anymore. I love my yoga practice. I just got back from Costa Rica. I was fully immersed oh. in the jungle energy and all sorts of giant spiders and little frogs and hummingbirds and butterflies. And oh. I'm, wow. You know, so time and oh it was cicada season so the noise the noise of those cicadas is crazy but being in nature is is um incredibly healing we really underestimate like just putting our feet in the sand or feet in the grass and being still and bare feet a lot of especially bare feet that's right <laughs> oh i'm i'm totally with you on that i i in fact if I don't go outside first thing in the morning and go out for my run or walk, whatever, I'm like, I have to go outside. Not the same. Yeah, you do. And it's, yeah. I mean, I have to write every day and I have to meditate every day and I have to go outside every morning before I can get my day going. And I go to the gym, you know, I mean, I do a lot of, I do a lot of stuff for myself, but it makes me whole and complete and healthy and vibrant and strong, getting stronger. I'm working with a trainer now. But, um, you know, I have dreams of Iron Iron Man. <laughs> it's not going to ever happen, but. Um. Ooh, that's, but that's very exciting. Yeah, I, that's, that, that uh, probably has, you really want to be stronger and faster. And, you know, it's so important, as you know, as especially women after menopause to keep working on strengthening. So I find that most people really don't enjoy the gym and don't consider themselves people who, you know, work out, but we, it's serious. You've got to move. We've got to, we got to walk and we've got to get stronger and pick up heavy objects and work on our balance. It's a matter of life and death. It really is because our strength rapidly declines Oh, and I see uh, so many women aging. I'm 65. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'm not stopping. I'm getting strong. No, I'll be 60 in a few weeks. So we're, we're joining your decade. <laughs> Thank you. It's really good. It's so good. So good. Uh, but I just, I get really sad when I see women who are afraid to move when they get older. Yep. Oh, no, I can't do that. I'm just going to sit down. No, you can't sit down. Yeah. Or my knees hurt. I can't do that. Well, let's work on that. 
Yeah. Oh, and if your knees hurt, I mean, it, it, it's shocking how because intermittent fasting reduces inflammation, inflammation. almost immediately. Right. So my plantar, I didn't start intermittent fasting to solve my plantar fasciitis. I didn't even know that was possible. Um, and within three months, it, I'd had it for 10 years, that terrible, debilitating pain, especially early in the morning. I couldn't even walk, get out of bed and walk across the room. It was totally gone, never to return. And so that inflammation, um, it's, you know, and boosting immunity, there are just so many reasons, but balancing blood sugar and that goes, you know, we could, we could talk about food and, and inflammation forever, but mm. so many people are like, Oh, I can't give up cheese. Okay. Well, you're going to be bloated and swollen then. Most people are for sure. Yes. I mean, it's just like, really, you can't, I know, you know, it's, so I'm going to take a pill for it. And I think I that this is the way that we've, you know, this generation, the people who are alive right now have really been conditioned for the last 50 years is that I can I can do whatever I want in my life and eat all the things and eat constantly and and not move my body and not drink enough water and not sleep enough and that there will be some medication later on that will right. help me resolve. Right. Right. And, and th that isn't, I don't think that is the life that we came here for. <laughs> no, I yeah. agree completely. Yes. Oh, I get so passionate about this stuff. <laughs> I do too. I just, you know, I, I ask myself the question as I go through my day, how can I take really good care of myself right now mm. and it's the right now that makes the biggest difference because if i say it right now i think oh i'm going to stand up or i'm going to have a drink of water or i'll um you know do some little exercise thing or you know i'll close my eyes and breathe and meditate for five minutes there's so for me we can i feel each individual can take do something right now to take really good care of yourself. It could be planning, planning your dinner, you know, get, get, getting out the grocery list and, and instead of having a bowl of popcorn for dinner, as many people do thinking about what yummy, nutritious food is going to be delicious to eat later and um, preparing that. So we can all think of something to take really good care of yourself oh, I love right now. This is the perfect thing to end on. People, what are you going to do right now to take care to take, of yourself? Yep. What can you do right now to stand more in your spirit and in your body and feel better? And I'd say start by deciding what time today you're going to close your eating window. <laughs> and I do want to say fast clean. So remember, fasting is fasting and taking in nutrients and flavors is not fasting. And so save all the yummy flavors and nutrients for later in your eating window. And I'm really a fasting purist. So plain unflavored water, plain unflavored black coffee, plain unflavored bitter black or green tea, and your medications as prescribed uh, during the fasting hours if you're taking them. And um, eat yummy food later that makes you happy. <laughs> and listen to your body. Yep. To your body so that you can live a beautiful, vibrant, exciting life that's right that's Lori. you are beautiful 
That it's was fun awesome. being with you. Thank you. Um, Thank you, I'm, Paulette. Such I know a that joy. we could talk about all kinds of things. And maybe we'll do this again. I love doing it again. There's always, it's really fun to, to um, have a part two, come back and, yeah. and hear what questions people have and talk more about taking so, really good care of yourself. Yeah. So, and so people, of course, as always, I will, I will, uh, on my blog, I add all of Lori's contact information so you can contact her directly and, you know, get some help from her or ask questions or whatever it is you, you are needing right now. And if you need help from me, I'm always here for you as well. Um, movement, momentum, and magic is what I love to bring into your life. Lori, thank you for being here. Thanks for spending time with me. Thank you, Paulette. It's a and joy. all you guys out there in Heart and Hustle land, thanks again. Please subscribe if you haven't. Leave a review if you can. Join us every couple of weeks, every two weeks, I believe. And um, for more fabulous interviews and conversations and chit chats and inspirations and all the magic that we bring to the world. So until we meet again, many blessings. Perfect.